0: lydia and welcome back to the creative disruption podcast the topic of this episode is solar energy and our guest will talk to us about solar energy initiatives in rural cambodia simply put solar power is energy from the sun that is converted into thermal or electrical energy it is one of the cleanest and most abundant renewable energy sources available other clean energy sources include wind and hydropower here are some information on solar energy to keep in mind Basically, there are three main ways that solar energy is built around. One, distributed generation, where it is built around the point of use. Two, as a central station. Or three, as a power plant for utility scale use. And solar energy has really expanded in recent years, and with that, the employment within the field has doubled from 2010 to 2015. According to the McKinsey Quarterly, the sharp decline in installation costs for solar Panel Systems has boosted the competitiveness of solar power. This in turn has made it more popular to use. The top 10 countries using solar power are 1. Germany, 2. China, 3. Italy, 4. Japan, 5. United States, 6. Spain, 7. France, 8. Australia, 9. Belgium, and 10. United Kingdom. While first world countries are in the lead for solar energy use and development, there's room for developing countries not only to adapt this technology, but also to make use of it in rural areas that are off the grid. Our guest speaker, Rebecca Watts, tells us about her work with Engineers Without Borders in Cambodia.
1: Today I'm here with Rebecca Watts, who's a project facilitator for the Appropriate Technology Initiative, which is part of Engineers Without Borders in Australia. Hi, Rebecca. Welcome. Hi, Lydia. Thank you. So uh, tell us what you're doing. Um, It's about solar panels in Cambodia. We want to know more.
2: Yeah, so um, as you introduced, my name is Rebecca Watts, and I'm working um, with Engineers Without Borders, um, an Australian-based NGO. I'm working with a team of engineers that are working in Cambodia, focusing on different projects um, involving... um, innovative, appropriate, and sustainable technologies with local Cambodian partners. So my project that I'm working on is a solar energy project, which is um, based in rural areas, so in sort of the remote areas in Cambodia.
1: So in remote areas, what kind of facilities do they have for you to conduct your project?
2: Yeah, so to give a bit of a context, so 80% of the population in Cambodia live in rural areas, and of those 80%, the access to grid electricity is about 18%. So it's it's very low. And because of this, the, a lot of the families and households there use alternate sources of energy. So they use kerosene lamps and um, car batteries to charge lights and power appliances. This, these sources of energy are very expensive and they're also detrimental to the environment. So my project is looking at how we can... Um, integrate or leverage on technologies that have been developing to address these problems and see if we, they can provide affordable and clean electricity for the households.
1: When you say affordable, aren't solar panels really expensive? How can they afford them?
2: Yeah, so that's one of the, the main focuses of the project at the moment. So the cost of solar panels are quite expensive, as you said. Um, The the cost has dramatically decreased in the past few decades, but the initial capital cost is still too high for a lot of the families, especially in the rural areas, to afford. So with with the local organisation that I'm working with, we're setting up a financing arrangement for the families in the rural areas to repay the cost of the solar panels over two years. Uh, And the the repayments are monthly, and they're similar to the amount they currently spend on um, the kerosene lamps and the recharging of the car batteries. So this has um, removed the barrier of the uh, initial cost and made it affordable for the families.
1: And so how long does it last then, the solar panels, once they've finally bought it and they've owned it, how long can they expect to use the solar panels?
2: So, the solar panels have a lifetime of twenty years, um, but the batteries themselves, so the what we've been installing are solar home systems. So this encompasses a solar panel, as you said, and um a battery and a charge controller that regulates the amount of usage um, of the battery. The batteries themselves, if used appropriately and maintained appropriately, can last up to six years. We're currently doing some testing and I'm um, running a pilot project. So we're going to sort of validate this claim of the supplies. that they do last for six years. But um, yeah, and so then they can replace the battery. So also looking up at setting up a recycling um, system for the batteries themselves. And then you can just replace a battery and use it with the existing solar panel.
1: That's, that's pretty amazing. Uh, one of the things that comes to my mind is, so you're in rural Cambodia and you're introducing a new form of energy for them, and in this case solar energy, and this is something they're not familiar with. How do they learn how to use it? How, Because eventually you will leave and they should be able to self-sustain themselves with that, those solar panels. So how do you help them learn how to use it? How do you make them aware of how
2: to take care of it and all of that? Yeah, so this was a, a massive learning experience for me as well as them because I studied renewable energy technologies in Australia at university, and a lot of my education had been very technical and very um, focused around the the operation of the like the solar cells within the solar panel, and I I had to learn how to speak about solar energy in a completely different language, if that makes sense. So I had to yeah. um, remove all the technical jargon from, from my, um, my speech. And um, in doing that, I worked with a translator so who mm-hmm. f- helped facilitate some of the workshops. So before installing the, the solar panel system, we ran three days of workshops within the community, which was open to everyone and included various activities of um, just playing with the systems themselves, doing incorporating some of that practical learning. Also, um, lots of visuals, lots of posters. And mm-hmm. and it was actually a lot of fun um, getting out and testing and plugging everyone's phones in and looking at the different lights and the way that these systems could be arranged. And they were all very interested in this new futuristic looking technology and um and also within that I am training a local entrepreneur as a technician. Uh-huh. So this uh-huh. is also really important because it means that there's local support available for the for the systems and it means that people when they do get them installed in the house they know that if something goes wrong then there is a safety uh-huh. net for someone who understands a bit more in depth about the technical stuff and um uh-huh. and that's been so successful so far as well.
1: That's amazing. there are some articles online quoting you saying that the su- success of technology relies on community acceptance and how how have you seen culture and technology either complement each other or do the exact opposite
2: yeah so it's very interesting intersection here seeing the, this new emerging technology and and seeing how the the cultural norms have sort of interplayed with that we as I said, engaging the, the translator and having the local um, technician have um, be involved has really seen this project just take off. He's able to, the, the technician, because he has a system in his house, he is able to sort of demonstrate and show how the technology works, and he's very, really trusted it in the community. We also installed a system within the local primary school, so that um, that system was able to be accessed by all the children, so the kids are able to come in and use the lights at night to study, and also the teachers at the school are able to use the, the battery system to charge their phones, which should increase the teacher attendance at schools. Mm-hmm. That's really
1: amazing. I just can't help but wonder, how is solar energy in Australia? So you're here bringing it to Cambodia, but is it something that is everyday use by the average person in Australia? Do they have it in their homes? Yeah, so
2: a lot of people do have the rooftop solar, so they mm-hmm. have it connected to the grid, though. That's probably the, the biggest difference between Cambodia and Australia in terms of mm-hmm. usage at the at the household level. In Australia, we have the feed-in tariff, where you, if you have solar panels on your house, you and you are producing excess amount of electricity. So you're producing, the solar panels are producing more than you're consuming. You can sell that excess energy back to the grid. Um, whereas in these communities in Cambodia, as we as I sort of outlined before, they don't have that access to the grid. So they mm-hmm. they're completely independent and completely off grid these systems, which means that there is no feed in tariff. They do not they cannot benefit in that way, but it means mm-hmm. that they're not reliant on the grid. So the grid in Cambodia often has blackouts. <laughs> so we <laughs> having these decentralized systems and having this independence means that they they the electricity that's provided to them is reliable.
1: This is really wonderful. If somebody was really interested to know more, how would you encourage them to reach out to Engineers Without Borders or the
2: appropriate technology initiative? I'm I'm happy for anyone who's interested to contact me directly. I'm very passionate about this. so I'm always interested in talking (laughs) to people who are interested. We do have um, the Engineers Without Borders has a website and... Um, and I can send you the link to, so you can share it. Okay. So there, there's I'll put a way blog. that you can, can, get involved. There are other sort of outreach programs that and mentoring opportunities. So you don't have to be um, in Cambodia or in Australia to participate in them. So yeah, I'd really encourage anyone to have a look at the website or get in contact with me directly. and I'm happy to have you discuss anything.
1: Well, thank you so much. Really appreciate it.
0: No, thank you very much for having me. That was a truly inspiring chat about solar energy in remote areas, and it has many implications for urban and rural areas alike. With that in mind, let's think about the following food for thought questions. One, how can we incorporate more solar panels into urban and suburban environments? Two, what options are there for those who live in apartment buildings? Three, given the statistics on renewable energy, How long do you think it'll take for the use of renewable energy sources to eclipse oil and coal? Thanks for listening. Bye for now.